Have you ever been stuck troubleshooting an equipment issue in the field? If only you had more information to solve that problem. Now you do, thanks to Watermark. Watermark, a leading manufacturer's representative devoted to giving you concise and informative tips about how you can solve that equipment issue quickly and definitively. Go to eWatermark.net to view their library of troubleshooting videos. That's E as an excellence, Watermark.net. Scaling Up Nation, it is that time again. Everybody's favorite water treatment podcast, Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we're scaling up on our knowledge so we do not scale up our systems. And as always, I am Trace Blackmore, certified water technologist and host of Scaling Up H2O. Folks, there's no doubt about it. Nobody anticipated what second quarter was going to look like. And I know we're all still recovering in some way, and we're trying to figure out what is going to happen next. What is the new normal? Are we going to see things come back? Are we going to get new orders that are going to change how we do business once again? And there are just so many things that we're concerned about. And the tendency is, is that we focus on the things that we have no influence over and not the things that we can directly affect. And one of my favorite books, if you listen to this show, I know you've heard me talk about The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in Habit One, Dr. Covey talks about being proactive. Being proactive is a choice that we are not simply going to react when something happens to us. We are going to choose our response to what we're going to do when that something happens to us. And one of the things he goes into is a visual with two circles inside each other. So the inner circle is called the circle of influence, and the outer circle is called the circle of concern. Well, folks, it's very easy to stay focused and do all of our efforts on the circle of concern, but we're not going to get any traction that way. If we do the things that we can directly affect, things that we can influence, staying within that circle of concern, we can proactively make that circle bigger. And I know that's easier said than done, but I've seen so many people during this time worry about things that they cannot affect. Now, we can all do something that can influence whatever the outcome that we're trying to achieve is. We have to realize what our efforts need to be so we stay within that circle of influence. Well, and I know a lot of people have influence on LinkedIn. How was that for a segue? Well, I met our next guest on LinkedIn. Uh, we both have podcasts. I think we had a mutual friend, but for the life of me, I can't remember who that was that introduced us. And her name's Holly Duckworth. That's getting ready to come on the show. And her mission is to try to create stress-free leadership. 
Now, Holly is definitely more new age than I am, but folks, there's always something that you can learn when you sit down and have a conversation with somebody. So I hope in the frame of reference that we just talked about, what can we influence ourselves and focus on that, that you enjoy today's interview with Holly Duckworth. My lab partner today is Holly Duckworth of Leadership Solutions International. How are you, Holly? I'm great, Trace. Thanks for inviting me to be a part of your show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. I want to say, when did you and I first connect with each other? Was it about a year and a half ago? Oh, wow. You know, I don't know. Um, That's the good thing about mindfulness is it's the practice of being present in the moment. So we can (laughs) we can just celebrate in in this now moment and and be grateful for that that alignment that connected us. We we, met on LinkedIn and have shared some some great exchanges. I I love that. I love being your lab partner because it opens up, you know, this place for curiosity and discovery in a world that's a little interesting right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Of course, you and I are recording during COVID-19. Hopefully, when this airs in a couple of weeks, we're we're through that. But of course, nobody knows where we're going to be then. But I just have to say, following you on LinkedIn and the things that you post have personally helped me so much with being mindful in this time. So I just want to think of, uh, just take a moment and thank you for those posts. Well, it's such a such a gift to be able to to serve in this time. I I kind of smile because a lot of folks right now they want to talk pandemic, 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 and I have a, a a mindful practice I use where we have a, if we have a, a negative word or a word that kind of brings up negative energy, we take the first letter of that word and we we flip it to a positive. So I don't really think we should frame this show as a pandemic show, Trace. I think we should frame it as a possibility show. Instead of a COVID show, maybe it's a, a centering show, um, a creative show. That uh, That's just one little practice right now that I think all of us can use when we you know, want to take our coworker and go, ah, or, or our kid and go study harder or, you know, or whatever emotions coming up right now. Use that, that word that you identify as, as maybe the, the challenging and then flip it to a positive. I love it. And uh, we're going to take your advice and we are going to do that today. So uh, I've got some questions for you, but before we get into those, do you mind sharing with the Scaling Up Nation a little bit about yourself? Well, it's so fun um, to do this work in mindful leadership. Uh, Mindfulness, the practice of being present in the moment, really comes to me as a part of my life journey. I came out of the meetings and hospitality industry, often named one of the top most stressed out industries right behind like policemen and firemen, um, was in that industry for about 10 years and attained some of the highest awards and designations in that industry. Then I moved into association leadership, which is nonprofits. And I know you're very active in many nonprofits relating to, to your industry kind of got the the message that there was a little more to life I could offer and attained an additional licensure as a licensed spiritual practitioner. And then I looked around and said, what do I do with with all this diversity of background? I put it in the blender, hit blend, and a few years ago became the Mindful Leadership Guide. Uh, that's a little bit about my professional background, but but just for fun, I and I love to 
to connect to to your listeners and you know the the water treating industry is one I'm like wow this is a cool ask to get to be um, with such a, a important and yet unappreciated industry and I, I smiled when we were chatting I said well Trace the only thing I know about water is is I grew up next to a water treatment plant <laughs> and that was in the days when you knew the water treatment plant was was working or not working by the smelliness <laughs> well that that's still a case today. Well, it's, um, I grew up at, you know, very, very um, loving uh, um, blue collar home. But I like to say I went from the, the trailer park to the boardroom and, uh, and that trailer park and that, that connection to the water treatment industry. I was just so smiling. I'm like, can I tell Trace, I, I grew up next to a smelly water treatment plant. <laughs> well, a lot of our listeners are probably listening to us in a smelly water treatment plant. So I'm, I'm glad you shared that. I've got so many questions for you, but the one I want to start out with is, you you do a lot with leadership and mindfulness. And I think if we're going to talk about those two terms, do you mind defining those in the way that you want us to take them? You know, I mash up leadership and mindfulness in the frame most commonly known by John Kabat-Zinn, who was the founder of the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Institute. And he defines mindfulness as the practice of being present in the moment with non-judgment. And I know sometimes this word gets a little wonky for people, can can whip up interesting associations, and often it, it gets tied to a religious practice or a Buddhist practice. And while that may have been true many hundreds of years ago, now mindfulness has gone mainstream. And we have the you know mainstream science data and research that proves this practice of being present in the moment can support our best health and our productivity in our businesses. It improves our customer satisfaction, our employee experience, um, and results in higher sales. My most recent book is actually on the intersection, not only of mindfulness and leadership, but mindfulness and sales. So that that's a little bit more about how I use mindfulness as a filter to bring calm in a world of business that's seemingly chaotic. Well, let me ask you, so being present in the moment, does that mean that I'm using empathy, I'm paying attention to the person? What exactly does that mean? <laughs> that's the fun part. It's the without judgment. So so present is is in the feeling exactly where you are without without necessarily even having to put a label on it. So I have seven practices, I say, help you to be a mindful leader, but really it's just being fully there. You know, we live in a world where many of us have, you know, five or six different windows open on our computer or multiple things going on in our work life that mindfulness is the ability to maybe, you know, be fully present in your chair, feel, feel the chair supporting you breathe, be fully present, maybe standing at your lab station, just breathe in and breathe out and feel the energy of that space. You know, Trace, I'm, have you ever had that experience? Like when you, you go into a place and you feel maybe the country music, or you go into a place and you feel maybe the jazz music, how that feels different. Have you ever had that feeling? Well, I live in Georgia, so there's lots of country lots music. Lots of here. country music here. That that's kind of the mindfulness thing. It is allowing yourself to be fully in whatever energy that is for that particular space. You know what it feels like in in the water treatment lab versus what it might feel like in your home office. And, and a, a mindful practice doesn't judge the lab is good or the home office is good or vice versa is bad, but it's just saying, I'm gonna be 
fully present in this moment and I'm not going to judge that moment. I'm going to just allow myself to touch it, taste it, feel it, sense it, and just honor that because that's really the only moment that we have in these transformative times, I think, are reminding us of that power in the be here now, in the present moment. Now, let me ask this. In such a judgmental world, how do you get in a non-judgmental mindset? It's a practice, Trace, not a perfect. <laughs> you know, and so it's, something, you know, it's, it's that, that idea of centering. You know, when you've got 15 things coming at you, can you just put your feet on the ground and center for a second? Because your presence is your greatest present. And like you said, we do have a world that kind of our automatic default is judge, 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 and judge negatively. Um, So centering is one way to do that. Another very, very popular one is the idea of affirmations or intentions. So an affirmation is a short, positive, present tense statement that kind of helps you realign to what you want. And I know we think about this a lot in self-help, but it also works in our business environment that, you know, if if you're a team and you're working on a project, what we think about, we bring about. So if you've got seven people on a team and two are going, oh, this project will never work. And five are like, yeah, this will work. We need to work with a positive affirmation that maybe says, I am thriving. I am powerful. I am amazing. We are powerful. We are thriving. We are amazing to align better positive supportive energy around that so we do actually have to like almost flip that switch of the automatic judgment of negative to that automatic judgment of positive and a consistent mindful leader will utilize these practices to continuously practice that and the more you practice it the better and better you get yeah i'm thinking about some meetings that i've facilitated where there has been some negative And a a tool that I've used is instead of the word, but, you have to use the word and. So you can say something negative, but you have to say and. So now you can figure out how you're going to actually make it work. What are some other tips that we can have that positive mindset in when the meeting's not really that positive? You know, in today's transformative times, the yes and certainly works. But another tool I am using more often than ever now is that space of curiosity and wonder and this i think is going to be a gift coming out of out of this pandemic is you know it used to be you went to school you came out you had the answers and a mindful leader in a world of change i believe the most powerful person in the room is going to be the one who can listen and ask that question most of the time knowing they don't know the answer, but the collective energy of the people in the room do. So um, I often refer to the work of Simon Sinek. He he talks about, you know, great leaders ask great questions. So it's it's the why, then the how, then the what. So often we start with what's the problem? What if we flipped that? So uh, in this transformative times, instead of everybody sitting there waiting to say the answer, maybe have a not a brainstorming question, but a question storming question, a question storming time that you just, you know, what if we did this? Why, why do we do this? How could we do this better? How could we do this different? And bring in a diversity of thought now on our problems versus say just, you know, water treatment industry people on a water treatment industry program. There's a lot of people now that have a little more time at home that we can look at curiosity, discovery, and questions 
as a mindful practice to catapult our businesses into the new chapter. I love that you brought Simon Sinek into the equation. Start with why a great book, a great TED Talk too. Uh, I believe he calls that the golden circle. So, so many people want to talk about uh, the what and the how, but when you start talking about the why, those things are just a natural progression. And I've been sort of joking that we're suffering from prognostication fatigue, not procrastination, prognostication fatigue, meaning there's so many people sitting around saying, well, it's going to be this way, or it's going to be that way, or it's going to be this way, or it's going to be that way. And and from every day, you know, the reality is we kind of don't really know right now, but we might know 72 hours, we might know a week, we might know, you know, six weeks, we may know a month, but this powerful, mindful tool, you know, put your feet on the ground, breathe. Why are we doing what we're doing? How are we doing? What are we doing? Like, and then riffing that, not, not that the person sitting at the, the Zoom meeting with you or the Teams meeting with you has to have the answer, but well, what about this question? What about this question? You'd be surprised how you may get three or four questions in and then suddenly you get a question that literally transforms you into the next solution. So with being present in the moment without judgment, what are some of the things that I'm trying to, I'm trying to frame this question up well, and I'm not doing a good job. What, what are some of the things that we can do now that we're working more remotely, uh, now that people are maybe a little bit more out of touch because we're not seeing people on a regular basis? How do we use that mindset to make sure that we're giving our all to our relationships? Well, first of all, as your mindfulness coach, I have to school you, Trace. You can't say you're framing up the question bad because we just talked about it. You just have to play with the question. So <laughs> I wouldn't be me if I didn't didn't tease you a little bit about that. You know, so this is this is that place to play in the question. I, I was speaking with a coaching client this week and, you know, nobody knows how you're supposed to run a family in an office. But, you know, maybe you get the family together and you, and you have that family meeting. What's working? What's not working? How can we find balance? And we're, we're going to have to also, I think, I say, put your ears on your heart. Mindfulness, put your ears on your heart. Sometimes we're going to have to listen, not just to the words being said or the words not being said, but what's the energy behind the word? This particular person has middle almost teen kids, you know, that, that 10 to 13 year old. And they're, they're trying to find that, that cadence of family time and then them each having their own individual time. So, you know, they ask the question to the kids, what, what could be a fit for you? Well, you know, we want one night. That's just our night. We can go in our bedrooms and do our, do our own thing. And then, you know, one night kid A gets to pick a family activity and one night kid B picks a family activity, but they, they didn't do that as parents saying, oh my gosh, we have the answers but they did it from the present awareness that everybody's a little confused. Everybody's a little fearful right now. Nobody really has the answer, but they were mindful in the present moment to say, how can we create this together? Um, And I know a lot of business industries using that question, how can we do this together? How can we do this in media together and podcasting together? How can we do this in water treatment? How can we do this in hospitality and tourism? that's going to allow us to emerge with a new solution that we maybe couldn't even dreamed of before. I also want to talk about sales because you have a book about mindfulness and sales. And we, of course, all want our sales to grow. How do we use mindfulness to help us with that? 
Oh, Chase, thank you for asking. It's it's fun to see this book start to to emerge a little bit. But when I when we put it out and everything happened, we got a little pushback. Like you can't sell right now because you know selling is bad and everybody's hurting and there's no money and there's no circulation. And sadly or interestingly, now that we're kind of navigating these new waters, the the book is becoming very very popular. It's called Sell More, Stress Less. 52 tips to become a mindful sales professional. And we know even before this pandemic time, everybody in sales was very busy and overwhelmed. So I collaborated with my business partner, Eric Szymanski, um, who was the director of sales at Walt Disney World Resorts, won all of the top awards, but he was really stressed out and overwhelmed. He came to me looking for some stress reduction solutions, and I was really struggling with my mindful sales. This is kind of a a topic like water treatment. People go, huh? What? What do you do? <laughs> and uh, so he was teaching me sales and I was teaching, teaching him mindfulness. And we realized that when you overlaid those two together in, again, short, present tense, positive ways, we could inspire sales professionals. So this book is mini. It's a mini, mini, easy read. It's a digital download, or you can certainly order it on print. And every week, you get a story of somebody who's either selling or not selling mindfully. You get, again, back to the question, a thought-provoking question for you to think about. Maybe your relationship with the product or service you sell. Or maybe the next week you get a question about your own belief about that which you sell or your customers. And then you also get another pre-written for you affirmation to help you catapult your sales week over week over week. Before we started recording, we were talking about the mastermind group that that I lead called the Rising Tide Mastermind. And right now, so many people are getting frustrated that their quarter one goals were great. And now going into quarter two, of course, we've got COVID-19, and now the goals are almost impossible with some of the some of the restrictions that we have. So what advice do you have being mindful? about the goals that we have and what we should be doing with the goals. Are they still valid goals? What do you think? <laughs> my, my first book ever was called Control, Alt, Believe, Reboot Your Association for Success. So I think, again, this is where your, your team's going to have to come together and, and look at, I call it, you know, plan A, plan B, and plan C, that your once baseline goal now may have a an A, a B, and a C. You don't want the goals to be so massively huge now that they're just so unattainable that nobody is motivated to even try. So maybe you scale it to to the A, the B, and the C. And we talk about one of the mindful sales professional tips is what you visualize, you actualize. So, you know, looking at, you know, if your goal was, you know, just say $100, and we know the world is completely and totally changed, and your team can meet and talk about it. And what can we recalibrate? Okay, plan plan A is still going to be 100, but maybe plan B is 80 and plan C is, is 60. Then each and every day when you're heading to your Zoom meeting or you're heading out to the office, what you visualize, you actualize. Use all of your senses to feel yourself as if you've already hit this goal. And you'll be really surprised how much you, when you get into this place of what you visualize, you actualize, you catapult yourself to greater success. And the more you can do that as a team, maybe have a one minute visioning 
before your team meeting, okay, everybody, let's visualize ourselves at the end of this pandemic, having, having hit our goal. What's it look like? What's it feel like? What's it sound like? How are we going to move from this perception of darkness right now through that into this beautiful new, new place of new beginnings? Does that help? I think it does, but I'm also curious, you know, are there some goals that we just need to totally reset right now, that they're not going to be healthy goals because we're not living in a time where we can necessarily put all of our attention there just because of what's going on right now? Is, Is it okay, is it healthy to say, this is not a goal that I'm going to tackle right now, or does that give us the sense of defeat that we're not going to get that goal done? Mindfulness, the practice <laughs> of being present in the moment with non-judgment. I think we, as individuals or teams, and I know you, you your listeners are, are a bunch of different positions. If, if you're in a position where you can control out and delete your goal and can control out, reboot your, your goal without judgment, let, let the grief go of the old go, goal and stand in gratitude for the new goal, you may position yourself better. I will tell you in my own business, Okay, this is this isn't a blank slate of death. This is a blank slate of opportunity, and we've completely re reassessed and reevaluated our business model and our goals, and we're feeling excited and aligned. Keeping in mind that those goals, while while the end number may look different, the the why of what we're doing is still intact. My my vision, you know, touch a million lives with mindfulness. It may not be a million in 2020, but it may be a million in between 2020 and 2023. Those kinds of things can inspire love and hope and joy. But re, this is a time to go within and recommit to your, your passion and your purpose, knowing that your profits will continue to evolve over time through this pandemic. Now, what if we have a listener out there that some of the goals were set on them? They weren't necessarily their goals. They have certain sales goals, and they're just not going to hit it. How do they have that conversation with their boss? I, I love this follow-up question. I knew it was coming before before you even asked it. Uh, you know, I, um, I have a lot of clients that are calling me on their way to work with the, oh my gosh, I have to see my boss, dot, dot, dot line. I generally pre-sculpt these conversations a little bit with my clients and help them visualize what it is they want to say. So first of all, we got to recognize that we're one human family, recognize we're all in this together, as cheesy as that might sound. And so that conversation with, with the boss who's downloaded the goals to you starts out with something like, you know, Ted, I recognize that, you know, we're all in challenging times and our goal is going to, you know, our goals are our goals. And, you know, how can we work together to either meet these goals or recalibrate them, (laughs) recognize, unify together toward the problem, not hitting the goals, realize what you want to have happen and state that. And that's sometimes the place where coworkers or teammates get a little nervous is actually declare to the universe what you want the new goal to be. (laughs) So, so have that, that conversation with yourself. This is the, the new goal I think I can hit. And be willing to articulate that to, to the boss. Recognize, unify together, declare what you realize, and then, then be thankful for the opportunity. Gratitude is going to go a long ways. Grateful for the way they've supported you in the time of creating your new home office. Grateful for the time you've been in the lab together. Gratitude and 
this is why sometimes you kind of have to pre-sculpt this conversation because in the moment you're scared and you're nervous and you, you may not be grateful, but if you practice, you can get to there. Recognize, unify, realize, be thankful, and then kind of like just let it go. Like like just say to the coworker, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think? And And open it up to a conversation. So you've really kind of put your order into the boss, into the teammate, into the universe of what you think is truly possible. And I liken this kind of conversation as you mindfully sculpt it to kind of like when you go to, you know, when we used to go to restaurants or now when you order out, you know, you'd go in and you say, I want a hamburger. And you knew exactly how you wanted to order the hamburger. You were grateful. You could see the hamburger coming before it came. And then amazingly, 20 minutes later, the hamburger would come. This same thing, while it may sound like a silly analogy, if you practice it in a mindful way, can also apply to your business productivity goals. But it does take that mindfulness is the practice of being present in the moment. Recognize, this ain't going to work, but recognize you're on the team together. Unify yourself to that person. Recognize, and then realize, get clear about what you want to have happen. I think right now that's part of the challenge is we're not all clear about what what we trace, what we Holly or you, the listener, want to have happen, regardless, you know, we can't just say, okay, well, I want the pandemic to go away. Based on the situation, this is the highest and best I think I can create. Be thankful. Like, like there's a huge opportunity right now to just be thankful and let it go and see, see how things can conspire for your good as a result of that. Well, you asked me if that was helpful. That was extremely helpful. And I know that that answer has helped a lot of people out there in the Scaling Up Nation, because how do you start those conversations? They're awkward. And you gave us a great framework to have those in. So thank you so much for that. I do have a couple of more questions for you in our lightning round. But before I do, I'm sure there's people that want to learn more about you and how they can be more mindful. So can you share some of the things that you're doing with our audience? Well, Trace, thank you for asking. My my home website, if you will, is leadershipsolutionsintl.com. Leadershipsolutionsintl.com. And, you know, I, I love sharing this work with others. This, this is kind of a gateway page. Um, it has a link to my podcast, The Everyday Mindfulness Show, where every week we're interviewing people working with these practices. But more importantly, just a little further down the page or something I call the mindfulness mini poster. And it's my free gift to your listeners. If you just go on that leadershipsolutionsintl.com, you'll see midway down. Um, there's just, it's a free digital download of all of the seven practices um, that, you, that you can practice and play with. And um, of course, my contact information is here too. If you want to explore um, coaching or this conversation of, about how to do this together, it would be my honor to support you. Well, thank you for that. And we'll also put some links on our show notes page. So we'll make it very easy for people to find you. But I'd like to move on to those lightning round questions if you have a few more moments. Of course. All right. So you now have the ability to go back in time and speak to your former self on your first day as a coach. What advice would you give? Oh, ears on heart. That silly adage you... uh, you know, you have two ears and one mouth. Yeah, you use them accordingly. Um, listen, listen, listen with your ears on heart. And and right now, so many of us, I know the times are tough and busy, but when we, no matter what voice or what hat of life you're wearing right now, put put your ears on your heart. What are the last few books that you've read? 
<laughs> um, I wish I had my iPad here. Um, I'm cons- consuming a lot of interesting, and my, my library is kind of broken into two halves. One is my, my business half, and one is my, my spiritual half, and I find myself to be the bridge between the two. Um, yesterday, I found myself um, kind of referencing a book called The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist, uh, which is about honoring our, our inner wealth and inner resources. Oh, I'm reading um, 10% Happier by Dan Harris, um, Illusions by Richard Bach. Uh, that's a, that's a few of them I have going right now for sure. So when Hollywood makes a movie about Holly, who plays you? That's a silly question, especially for an audio podcast, because people aren't getting the visual on me. Um, every, everywhere I go, and I actually used to have a slide in my in my slide deck. It's Zoe Deschanel is the woman, and um, people say that I that I look like her. And she had a show called Bones. See if I talk long enough, it comes back. She had a show called Bones. And I actually have my picture mocked up with her as the, the lead character in the show Bones because Zoe Deschanel and I look very alike. And um, she, she seems pretty edgy. And, and so Zoe Deschanel would, would play me. And, and I, I joke the movie would be called Trip Fall and Pick Yourself Up because that's what we do in life. And this pandemic is just another opportunity for us to to trip, fall, and pick ourselves up. So there you go. There's a fun answer for you. There you go. There you go. So my last question for you, you now have the ability to speak with anybody throughout history. Who would it be with and why? I'm in, the, in history. I'm going to go with Abraham Lincoln. Um, my birth date is 9-17-76, 200 years after the Constitution. So I've always had a special place in my heart for, for Americana and, and in history and government. And I lied. I have one more question for you. So we're we're getting ready to sign off. One quick tip that you can give our listeners that's so easy that will get them just a little bit further, just a little bit more positive, just a little bit more mindful that they can do right now. What would that be? Well, Trace, because you said this is the last question, I'm going to invite your listeners to just put their feet on the ground and I, I have here at my desk my singing bowl and I'm just gonna gonna ring it you know three short times and just invite people as we as we wrap up today's show you know we talk here on the show about scaling up you know one one moment one moment so just just allow yourself to breathe in and out and just you know think about that how are you going to be just a little bit better every day Trace, there's just a, a power and a presence in this in this time. And the more we can be here now, cast our eyes to the sky and look look up and know that good things are coming our way. I think that's just one simple, simple strategy. Breathe in, breathe out, look up and know no good is coming your way. Scaling Up Nation, I truly believe everything we do is about mindset. So what is your mind set on? With all the things that are going on in the world today, 
I think what we focus on is what we're going to get out of whatever project that we are working on. If we are focused on being negative, well, there's no other reason to think that whatever we produce from whatever we're working on is going to have a negative tone to it. So I'm going to ask you, just as I did in the beginning of this episode, think of those two circles, the circle of influence, the circle of concern. By default, we all focus on things that concern us. But when we make a conscious choice to shift what we are doing, what our tasks are, what our efforts are into what we have direct influence over, that circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I truly believe that that's where positive thinking lives. And folks, even if you feel that you work for a boss that you do not have any influence over because they don't value what you think, and I hope that's not your situation, but if it is, if you can focus on the circle of influence, I promise that circle will get bigger and bigger and bigger. Folks, stay safe out there. Try to share a positive message with somebody else. It could be talking about the Scaling Up H2O podcast. And something I'm going to ask for all the listeners out there, I know you enjoy this podcast, and we're trying to make sure that we get promoted on iTunes and all the things that we need to do so more people can find out about this podcast. Something you can do to help us out is you can leave a comment on what you think about this podcast. The more comments we get, the more iTunes puts us in front of other people. So that might just take you about 30 seconds to do, but it is immeasurable how much that would help us. Folks, I hope you have a great and safe week, and I'll bring you another new episode next week of Scaling Up H2O. On episode 136, we gave you an inside look at what happens in the Rising Tide Mastermind. Friend of show Mark Lewis was asked why he joined the Rising Tide Mastermind, and here is his reply. When the Mastermind group was introduced, I said, let me get in on this thing. I want to be a part of this. I want to learn how to be more productive and uh, make my days to where I can enjoy my family time and separated from my work time. And so I like what Trace does. And so I said, I want to be, I want to do things a lot like Trace. So let me, let me figure out what he's doing. So that's why I joined the group. Mark, thanks so much for your comment. And I really appreciate that you like how I handle things and get things done. But I have to fess up. Here's the secret. I've had a lot of help being able to negotiate all of the different tasks that I'm asked to do and make sure that they get done. And that wasn't all me. That was because I decided years ago, almost 10 years ago, to join 
a mastermind group. And I've been meeting with that group on a regular basis since that time. Now, what we do on that group is the same thing we're doing in the Rising Tide Mastermind. We are helping each other get further faster. We're helping each other with our issues. We're giving each other tools that maybe the other person doesn't have. And we're letting each other ask each other for help. And we're giving help. Folks, that's what a mastermind is all about. And I truly feel that we are not built to do life alone. And the secret to being successful is getting with people that can help you to that success. I urge you to see if the Rising Tide Mastermind is right for you. Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to learn more. And if this group is right for you, please schedule an appointment with me. If this group is not right for you, please find one that is. Again, we are not built to do life alone.